Welcome back. This is The Sharp End, a podcast from Accident to North American Climbing. I'm Ashley Soppy, your host for the show. Here's a story on lightning. I've got a gentleman here named Nick um, who had quite the experience. Welcome to the show, Nick. Hi, Ashley. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for asking. So you had an experience with a pretty close encounter with lightning. Uh, Why don't you go ahead and tell us about it? So um, this happened uh, back in August in, uh, I guess this was about two years ago or maybe a year and a half ago now. And me and my kind of most regular climbing partner, a guy named Matt, um, we uh, we had gotten our eyes fixed on this objective in the, this, the high Sierra. We sort of started climbing mostly to kind of be able to, to play around in our backyard up there and and to be able to access a lot of these, you know, kind of iconic peaks uh, in the High Sierra. And so we, we, you know, kind of set our eyes on something called Bear Creek Spire out there, which um, maybe some of your listeners will, will know of. It's sort of this really classic, beautiful, striking peak up, um, up in the Sierra. It's got some, uh, some, some really classic ridgeline routes that go up to it. Um, and the one that we were looking at was called the North Arete, and it goes at about five eight. It's about six pitches, um, kind of your classic high Sierra Alpine style climbing. And we just thought it was really beautiful. It was like kind of right in the wheelhouse of our kind of difficulty level. And um, you know, we we were we were really looking forward to to, to getting up there. So. Um, we had gotten a, a forecast of, um, you know, kind of like a really typical High Sierra's lightning forecast, which is thunderstorms starting off in the afternoon, usually like right about 11 o'clock is when they say there might or might not be some scattered thunderstorms. And, um, you know, that's a, that's a pretty typical forecast. And, uh, you know, I, I guess at this point, after everything happened, I'm, I'm a little more leery about that that kind of outlook. But at the time... You know that seemed like that didn't seem like a reason not to not to at least go out there and and have a look at this thing. Sure. So, so we we drove up there. Um, I guess it was probably about probably like a Friday night. We drove up, slept at the trailhead, kind of wake up at like two forty five in the morning or so, and um, and kind of get started. What we wanted to do was do it car to car in a day from the trailhead and and kind of try to try to move fast. So we hike up there, and um, you know, it's it's the kind of the classic, the classic alpine start approach where you know you wake up and for the first couple hours you sort of just feel like something someone found on the bottom of their shoe, <laughs> like just awful. Why <laughs> doing this? Why? <laughs> I love <this> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dark and cold, and you've kind of got that like acid stomach from you know, throwing down some coffee to just kind of force yourself awake. Um, but, uh, then, you know, as the, as the sun started to come up and we're approaching, um, you know, the boulder fields at the base of this climb and all of a sudden it's just like, uh, you know, it's a really kind of a a magical experience. Uh, I think a, a lot of people, you know, feel that climbing, you sort of like um, the sun comes out and the warmth comes over you and you kind of just get this really wonderful new life and there's the objective right ahead and it's beautiful and 
you know, big and scary and also just, uh, just really cool. So, so we get to the base of the climb probably about nine o'clock and, in the morning. And how many miles was the approach? Oh gosh, I don't know. It's probably, uh, want to say like maybe six or something like that. It's not too bad. Yeah. That'll warm you up. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it might even be less than that. I don't. I don't exactly remember. It's uh, it's not not a bad approach. Uh, you don't you you don't gain, not not uh, not quite as bad as some of those approaches can be out there. You're gaining four thousand feet or something. You know, it's it's pretty mellow, um, but definitely enough to warm you up. So so we get out there, and we get started on this route um, at about probably nine o'clock in the morning, and. You know, we're having a lot of fun. It's really gorgeous climbing, um, you know, uh, just perfect kind of splitter cracks in the beginning on this high Sierra granite. And uh, there was one other team ahead of us. And um, we were really enjoying ourselves. And, you know, bluebird sky is just a gorgeous day. Uh, probably, you know, it's like 60 degrees out. It's really nice temperature for climbing. And... Um, we had just finished sort of the technical climbing on the route um, at about noon. So it, it kind of, you know, the North Arete gets up to um, probably a couple hundred feet below the summit. And then you're on sort of this low fifth class, like sort of fourth class terrain for another couple hundred feet up into the summit blocks. And that's where we had gotten to. And... Um, all of a sudden, uh, you know, things kind of almost imperceptibly started to, to change and it got a lot colder and, um, all of a sudden, uh, the thing I remember being so strange was that we had like hail had started to fall on us out of a clear sky um, and the wind was changing direction a bunch and it was just sort of strange, sort of strange kind of concoction of things. It just kind of didn't feel right. And, um, and then, you know, right at about that time we could start hearing the thunder. Um, and you know, the summit, uh, block kind of the top of this climb was between us and, um, and this approaching storm. So, you, you know, we really couldn't see it coming and, um, pr pretty quickly, you know, we, the, the thunder started and then almost right away, this storm was like just right on top of us. Um, pretty like we couldn't, we didn't really have that much time to sort of figure out what we were going to do. And, um, and then all of a sudden, you know, there's just, um, I mean, this, this, uh, this thunderstorm is, is just kind of, uh, kind of everything, you know, I mean, we're getting these lightning strikes probably, you know, uh, several times a minute and they, um, you know, for anybody who's been inside of a thunderstorm before like that, uh, it's, um, it's a pretty intense experience, you know, there's, it's kind of a lot going on. Um, and the thunder itself, as opposed to being, you know, you, you watch a thunderstorm and you see the lightning flash and then, you know, maybe a second or two goes by, depends how far away you are from it. And then you, you know, you hear the, you hear the thunder roll and 
you know, being right in there on it, um, it was like, you know, all of a sudden the whole sky was just, everything was white. And then there's this tremendous, you know, sledgehammer pounding slam of the, of the, of the thunder. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously we were pretty overwhelmed and <laughs> just scared out of our wits. So we, we were trying to figure out what we were going to do. And we were sort of in a bit of a, sort of a, a bit of a tricky situation because we, you know, the easiest way off this thing would have been to go to the summit, which was pretty close and then basically wrap off down this fourth class terrain or, or down climate. And then you're, and then you're right off the thing. But we really didn't want to go up anymore. Um, we just thought that was the worst idea. So we had to try and retreat, but the route that we had climbed up, it, it was really not a very practical retreat line. You know, it's not, it wouldn't have been like clean repels down some face or something. It, it was pretty awkward and we, we didn't really think we could get back that way. So we had this one other option. That's what we decided to do, which is to down climb the Northeast Ridge, which is another super classic Alpine line there. And that one is much easier. It's um, like really low fifth class for, for most of it. And, you know, we figured we could get over to that and just basically try and down climb that until we could find a place to safely wrap off the ridge line. Well, we get over there and we start we start down climbing this thing and, you know, pretty quickly. I mean, it's, you know... It's like, uh, you know, at its widest, it's probably about as wide as half a dinner table. And then at its narrowest, you know, it's it's real proper ridgeline climbing on this super exposed arete. Wow, Nick, that's, that's crazy. In the middle of a thunder and lightning storm. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's pretty full value. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's like icy and uh, it's got hail all over it now. And, and we took the rope off because... You know, originally we were kind of trying to manage some sort of simul climbing or short roping situation, but you know, we realized like, and we got to get out of here, and we're not really moving fast enough. And if we're linked together by this wet rope, you know, like I don't know if that's really going to help us out too much. Yeah, I could see how you'd be scared to be connected with somebody else with a wet rope that conducts electricity. Yeah, exactly. So. So we, you know, we, we un, unrope and we start down climbing this thing and we're kind of trying to be careful, but try to move as fast as we can here. And we start, uh, hearing this humming sound, uh, kind of coming from all over. Um, and then we start seeing, uh, what I guess is, is called St. Elmo's fire, which, you know, yeah, so for, for 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 anyone that doesn't know what that is, basically, um, you know, in a really intense electrical storm, there's like these flashes of uh, of light of of you know, I guess lightning or I don't really know what you would call it, but there's these sort of flashes on the rocks and stuff around us. I've heard people describe it on you know, like when they used to be carrying racks of pitons and stuff, they glow and things like that. Um, and, you know, we're seeing this and, you know, your hair is standing all on end. And um, 
literally too. I mean, your hair is standing straight up from the hair on your head, standing on end. If you look at your arm, your arm hair is standing straight up. It's really wild to, to see that. Yeah, yeah, it's weird to see. I mean, you look down and it, it's kind of one of these holy shit moments where you're just, <laughs> um, you know, it's uh, <laughs> it's intense. You uh, And there's this feeling where you... Uh, the way I describe it to people is, you know, when you get out of a car and you just know that the next thing you touch, you're going to get a static shock sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, like when you go to close the door or something, or if you've been walking along a carpet, you feel that feeling of having a charge in your body. Well, um, you know, we had that, there was that feeling. It was this really kind of feeling of like mounting dread of like, you know, you just felt like any minute here, one of these things has your name on on it. Um, so I'm probably like, you know, 20 feet or something ahead of Matt at this time. And uh, he says something that makes me turn around. I don't remember what he said. And I turn to look at him. And right then, he uh, he gets struck by lightning. And... You know, so I watched it, uh, and it was, you know, like there was this sort of explosion right next to his head that I it it looked like um looked like a firecracker or something. He set a firecracker off right next to his head, and so this puff of smoke, and then there was another flash right next to his hand on his uh, on the opposite side of his body. And, um, you know, uh, and this, and this flash, this lightning bolt and, uh, you know, (laughs) he just was standing there, uh, and this happened and he just kind of froze for a second. And then he looks at me and he goes, I think something just happened. And I'm like, yeah, you, uh, you just got struck by lightning. And he kind of like looks around and sort of goes, I think I'm okay. And I'm like, okay. Well, if you're okay, like we got to get out of here, man. Like, you know, it got pretty real pretty fast at that point. And, um, you know, without getting overly dramatic about it, it was, uh, it's kind of one of the, I don't know, you know, it's, um, you sort of wonder, I guess sometimes whether you're going to, make it out of that kind of thing because you know we're experienced at climbing but i don't like go regularly solo you know low fifth class icy ridges (laughs) and then in the middle of all this but um but we didn't really have much of a choice so we we kept going we climbed down this ridge line another i don't know 100 200 feet and we find this uh, kind of overhanging big boulder, and we get underneath it. Um, and I, I guess I kind of knew at the time that that wasn't really going to provide a lot of safety from a lightning strike. It wasn't really a cave or anything. It wasn't very deep, but we really kind of just needed like a, even just sort of like a mental break from the storm we it was so overwhelming that it was hard to kind of think clearly and um and and we you know we we just sort of needed and i really wanted to kind of check matt out see you know 
if he really was okay and kind of just get our bearings, you know. So, uh, so we get under this thing and we kind of, you know, crunch up into the back of it and, um, and, uh, and I, I start trying to coil the rope. Um, cause at this point it's kind of, you know, it's, um, I'm sort of just like carrying it. It's, you know, and I, I've got it in sort of a mountaineer's coil around my body, but there's still some, some left over. And I'm, you know, I kind of really want to make sure that we have it ready to go when we need to repel. And, I start to realize as I'm coiling this thing up that I'm like, I can't really do it. And I'm like, uh-huh. what is going on here? I, I'm like having a lot of trouble with it. And yeah, you've got diminished motor skills. Yeah, exactly. So I, I'm like, not, you know, and I'm thinking in my brain, I'm like, come on, man. Like, what are you doing? You've done this a thousand times. Like, get it, get it right. You need to really get this thing done. And I and I keep having this trouble with it, and finally it kind of strikes me. I'm like, oh, you know, we've been on the move here for, you know, a lot of hours. We haven't eaten anything. I'm not wearing, you know, we hadn't been wearing a lot of clothing because when we started climbing, it was so nice. So I'm like soaking wet, and I'm wearing like, you know, a t-shirt basically, and I'm like, oh. You know, I I could be getting hypothermic here. Maybe that's what's going on. It's crazy how hypothermia just sneaks up on you, huh? Yeah, yeah. And you know, I um I had done a Whiffer course uh, a few months before this, and so for the listeners' information, a Whiffer is a wilderness first responder course. Yeah, it's um sort of like an EMT course, a little bit uh, focused on on wilderness first day is perfect. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm sure that, uh, Ashley, you'd recommend it too to anybody that spends enough time out there in the mountains. It's just, it can be really, really critical sometimes. Um, uh, any case, so I, um, so I remember, you know, one of the things they stress in, in the Whiffer course is, uh, this, this kind of, you got to combat your instincts, um, when you start to feel like you're out of time or like you're panicking because oftentimes, you know, you'll have this, you know, some small accident will occur. And if you kind of try and rush things, it can spiral out of control. So I, th- I thought about that and I was like, okay, you know, I got to get a handle on this and sort of, we need to take this moment to assess what's going on here and make sure this doesn't, you know, get worse than it already is. So, um, we, you know, did our best to deal with that, which is, you know, put on the rest of the clothes that we had, we were carrying, um, synthetic insulation jackets. So even when wet, we had some warmth. Um, and we, you know, put some, I think we had like some goo or, you know, energy gel type things. We ate some of that and right away, um, you know, the, Right away, the uh, the sort of motor skills came back. My mind got a little clearer. Um, we kind of talked about what we were going to try and do. And we realized that, okay, like, we're going to just try and down climb a little ways more here as soon as we've got, you know, a few minutes between lightning strikes. Because it seemed like the storm might be headed away from us at this point. Um, so that's what we did, you know. We... Uh, we 
we uh, we just I, you know I was able to you know coil the rope up and kind of we we got we got ourselves collected a little bit and um and then uh, and then we we got out of there and um you know, we managed to down climb a little more and wrap off and you know all of a sudden there we were back on flat ground and sunny sky comes back and <sighs> of course. It's this weird thing where, you know, you've gone from uh, this really intense experience and then all of a sudden it's just done. And um, and you're right back in, in ordinary life again. And I remember actually thinking, because we, we talked, you know, some more about this, obviously, uh, well, we talked a lot more about it, but we talked about it on the way home and kind of on the hike out. And, you know, I don't, I definitely don't want to make a a strong comparison to this, but, um, what it made me think of was people who, you know, uh, our soldiers, our servicemen who go servicemen and women rather, I should say, who go and serve and are put in these, uh, situations that are just so above and beyond the normal kind of human experience. And then suddenly they're right back, you know, living day to day life. And, um, you know, I really, I'm not going to say that what we experienced was like that, but in a way it made me identify with that because, um, you know, again, without getting like overly dramatic about it, it, it took quite a while for that experience to sort of really sink in. Yeah. I don't think you're actually being overly dramatic at all. I mean, you watched your friend, your climbing partner get struck by lightning. You were on a fairly narrow ridge and I mean, it could have gone, it could have gone a lot worse. Uh, so I think you're both very lucky. And how is Matt doing anyway? Yeah, no, I mean, we, we got really lucky. Um, if you look at the numbers on this kind of thing, it's not great. Uh, so, you know, we, we got really lucky. He, um, he had, uh, he had a burn on his finger, which totally healed up, uh, you know, where the bolt sort of exited his body. Um, he has permanently decreased hearing in one ear. Oh, wow. And, you know, on the side of the head where it seemed like it sort of went in. And then he had this weird kind of patch of skin on his on his chest that he, I guess he couldn't feel. I'll have to ask him about that if it's still like that. But, uh, you know, he, he um, it was just sort of some weird nerve damage kind of thing. And then um, I'd say more than any of those things, um, there's this kind of insidious thing with lightning strikes that I guess I've learned a little more about since this happened, where uh, often I guess people experience some sort of personality change as a result of it. Um, and he did not have that, but he definitely had some kind of, there was some very subtle difference, uh, especially in the way that he approached like climbing, um, after that, it's pretty much gone away. And, you know, I suppose you could maybe attribute that to just sort of having been in this kind of, you know, slight semi-traumatic experience. But um, but we both definitely noticed that. I still climb with Matt all the time. And we're, um, we're actually trying to figure out a kind of a break in our schedules to go back up there and, uh, and climb Bear Creek Spire again. We want to, uh, we want to replace that, that event, the memory of that event with, um, with a beautiful day in the mountains. Mm, wow. Nick, thank you so much for sharing this story. Uh, thanks for giving me a chance to, uh, to share it. Um, 
I really hope, uh, well, I don't know. I mean, I guess I was going to say, I hope somebody gets something out of it, but, um, you know, I don't really know what there is to, to teach in that story. It's just, uh, kind of seem, seem like one of those things that just sort of happens sometimes. Wow. Nick, you had to make some tough choices in a serious situation. Uh, descending as soon as the storm approached was a good decision since the risk of lightning generally is higher near summits. Um, and I would just say that even though there were concerns about hypothermia, taking shelter in a cave was pretty risky because lightning can jump the gap from from the ceiling of that cave to the ground using a human body as a conductor. So you guys were pretty lucky in that case. Otherwise, yeah, when, when caught by lightning, climbers should attempt to get off high points and ridgelines, pull the rope if it's hanging overhead um, so that wet rope can't conduct current. Other things that you can do, um, you can keep away from metal gear and stay out of cracks or caves. Standing or squatting on a foam pad, um, even an empty pack or a rope, just just to minimize your contact with the ground. Uh, Keep your feet together. Do not lay down. And if you are forced to shelter in a cave, stand or squat inside as far away from the entrance as you can get, keeping as much distance between your head and the ceiling um, as you can. But honestly, Nick, uh, yeah, the reality is that lightning does sometimes just sneak up on you and uh, storms can be very fast. So I'm just really glad to hear you're both okay. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, So it's really been a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks, Nick. You too. Thanks for tuning in to the Sharp End Podcast today. At the end of that interview with Nick, he was wondering how he and other listeners can support this show. And really the answer to that is just to listen, share it, and you can even shoot the AAC an email saying how much you love it. Easy as that. I want to also follow up with the last episode on the ongoing bolt replacement issue because my friend Blake Bowling has a website where you can go online and report bad bolts. Check it out, www.badbolts.com. They've been tracking bad bolts since about the year 2000 and are now expanding internationally. Accidents in North American Climbing is an annual publication of the American Alpine Club with frequent online reports and updates. AAC members will receive their free 2016 edition of Accidents, now in all color, in August. If you want one of those free books, make sure you renew your membership or join by July 31st. To learn more, visit AmericanAlpineClub.org. And until the next episode, play hard and be smart.